This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. As part of our end-of-year wrap, this week's podcast focuses on Part 2 of Communications Manager Marianne Ledich's sit-down with PSA General Secretary Stuart Little. So when we go back to the state election, um, our Premier said there would be no regional jobs lost. We all heard that. Um, And here we are Mm. at the end of the year. You just mentioned Mm. we've got jails closing in the regions. Yes, that's right. right? Um, When we're looking at what's happening with the fires and we've, you know, tried to for years to make sure that we don't lose jobs. Mm. What do you say to the Premier that you said no regional jobs are gone, but they're, they're gone. We can't, Look, we can't get them back. Uh, thankfully, we've got a, a very good working relationship with the current Corrective Services Minister, so we've ameliorated any potential job losses, but um, obviously some of those communities will be affected. There's no doubt that Ivanhoe, you know, fairly small community, still, it's affected. Brewarrina is affected. Albeit our members, you know, provided they'll move, they'll have jobs, which is which is a good outcome. But it does concern me at how the government can forecast um, budget savings of between, you know, further six and nine percent um, to large agencies with large budgets, where really there's not much um, scope. They, you know, they talk about back office people, but you know those jobs just aren't there anymore. Most agencies now really uh, a lot of the corporate service functions have already been outsourced or they've been amalgamated into other areas and the actual agencies don't have um, any of those sort of um, roles which you would call back office they're not there um, they're quite often su- important support functions um, you know which you have to have I mean to I mean it'd be like saying that for example you know forensic services in police is a back office role or um, you know, com- the communications in police, that's a back office role. Well, you know, okay, they're, they're, they're not dressed in blue and, and out there chasing, um, you know, uh, people but or criminals, but, but of course they're chasing criminals when they're sitting, um, you know, in the office and they're helping police to... Police can't do their job without them. You, you see that everywhere. Um, and it's ridiculous. Some of these arguments that amounted to say that they're back office. I'm, I'm meeting with our members at the Ministry of Health. You know, these are people that have to um, put policy in, into place to ensure that one third of the state budget, which goes into health, you know, is, is spent um, appropriately and wisely. You know, things like, um, you know, breast cancer, um, you know, having programs to, to you know, um, health programs, like, you know, the slip slop slap campaign Absolutely. came yeah. from health. Saved many, many lives. Came from the Ministry of Health, um, you know, and they're very, very lean. There's a couple of hundred of them administering a budget that looks after, um, you know, effectively a third of the state's budget. You know, well over a hundred thousand people work in health. You've got a couple of hundred people, um, highly skilled professionals, that are in there to to produce policy and ensure that the policies work to deliver health outcomes for the community. How on earth are you going to cut those roles? How? There's no back office there. They're frontline jobs. You know? Of course they are. And, and that's indicative, really, of you know the, the entire public sector, in my view, that there's this great um, fallacy or myth that, that there are cardigan-wearing people um, you know, wrestling with bits of paper that don't do anything. I mean, it's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. You've got um, a highly professional... 
um, a, a great deal of expertise in the public sector that deliver frontline services for the community. Three bushfires burning north of Sydney have joined to create what's been dubbed a mega blaze. That fire has now burnt through more than 300,000 hectares and destroyed around 10 homes. Across the state, almost 3,000 firefighters are trying to control dozens you know, of We've got a lot of members whose partners um, are volunteer firefighters, but they work in the, in the private sector. And actually, we've, we've been asked as a union to now write to the Minister for Emergency Services um, asking for them to, to, to assist private industry, because I get it, some particularly got small business, you know, that may not have the capacity to help. Well, certainly the government's got the capacity, we've got a huge surplus, surely we can help anyone that's risking their life on behalf of the community yeah. in what are unprecedented, um, you know, horrific, um, you know, wildfires, right? Surely we've got the capacity to do that. So we, we see that with our members there, but obviously we've got staff members yeah. that work here who work, um, you know, volunteer for the real fire service. And quite uh, high and, up in that. And, and are quite, quite high up. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we release them, but we've got to be mindful of... I mean, they're fatigued now, and we're a week out from Christmas. Um, you know, and I know from, you know, my 20-plus years, we've dealt with, you know, huge wildfires in the state, um, you know, that can go over many months. And, and it does concern me going forward because we've been fearing a major fire season really for the last um, seven or eight years. And now we've got it, and I do think I think the government has been taken somewhat by surprise. Obviously, I, I, I know that the people on the ground have great skill, great expertise. Um, you know, the, the, the senior people in those agencies. But um, the effect of some of the cuts that we've seen causes me great concern. Yeah. So importantly, to our members fighting these fires in all capacities. Yes. Um, what do you say to them about the up and coming months that they're going to face? I say, can you please stay safe? Um, yeah. True, please keep an eye out for your for your workmates, um, and you have to you know start defending you know your, your safety as well as defending your communities because um, we know through painful experience um, you know that we have had uh, you know, members killed um, and severely injured in in, in um, you know in fighting fires and indeed in ameliorating against them and even doing hazard reductions and the like. We've had members killed. Um, and I just hope that they stay safe and come home to their family and loved ones. Absolutely. So just to finish up, um, 2019 has been a big year for us, mm. obviously 120 years, um, two elections, but one of the most important things is that we have grown as a union. Um, we've you know, recruited close to 6,000 new members across the state and federal jurisdictions. Um, what do you see the PSA, CPSU, New South Wales vision for 2020 and beyond? The, the reason that we've grown as a union is because we are a union that stands up for its members. First and foremost, we campaign around their jobs, we get out in the community, um, as we saw during both the state and the federal election, that we wanted to make our members' jobs, uh, the communities that they serve, front and centre in, in, the, in the, if you like, the narrative that, that we have. Um, you know, with the media, with, with stakeholders. Um, and I think that's important. I think we showed that we did that in, in so many ways, campaigning um, in regards to TAFE, um, against privatisation. Indeed, during the state um, election, um, we, we highlighted the cuts to national parks front and centre, um, uh, as well as other areas like child protection and the incredibly important role that these 
agencies and our members do. Um, and as a union, I think not only have we campaigned, but we've, you know, I think we've got our house in order really well. If a member gets in trouble, uh, if a member needs, needs help, um, obviously we are there to help them, we won't let them down. Um, but also campaigning around things like mental health, um, putting that front and centre, making sure um, particularly high-risk agencies like, you know, child protection, corrective services, juvenile justice, um, but really we're finding how that we need to look at extending it even into schools where many of our members deal with kids with behavioural issues and unfortunately are often um, placed in harm's way, which causes them um, a great deal of um, angst and can cause major mental health issues. Um, so we're about to roll out some programs in some of those agencies, we've really pushed for it. Um, but really the government, as the largest employer in the country, really needs to look at, at rolling out and putting mental health front and centre. I mean, there's no reason why every agency in the New South Wales Public Centre um, service can't have a comprehensive mental health strategy and it's something that they need to do and they need to do it, in my view, um, you know, um, sooner rather than later. Our, our vision for 2020 uh, and beyond, I'll, I'll make it short and succinct, we will stand up and fight for our members. This is the final PSA CPSU podcast for 2019. We thank you so much for listening to these podcast episodes that have been coming out on a weekly basis. And if you want to stay on top of the podcast, we urge you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Minns, and we'll see you in 2020.